Hey everyone, welcome to Orange Crushing It, a weekly series dedicated to high drive, passionate and motivated individuals. I'm your host, Frank Clark, President and CEO of The Mr. Orange. This show is a weekly dose of business, life and personal development principles geared toward bringing out the adrenaline junkie and overachiever in each and every one of you. As a seasoned entrepreneur of over five companies producing hundreds of millions in revenue, I'm going to personally be sharing my stories of success and, of course, my life-defining massive screw-ups, <laughs> as well as featuring inspiring guests, business leaders, athletes, thrill-seekers who just truly want to walk their talk and make life happen. Stick around, and let's get crushing. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Orange Crushing It. This is episode number one of hopefully, I don't know, what, 100 million episodes. <laughs> my name is Frank Clark. I'm your host of this show. I'm also known to a lot of my friends as Mr. Orange, which I'll get into how I acquired that particular name a few years back and why I like the whole orange energy and I like the whole premise of orange crushing it because that's what this podcast is about. It's about tapping into everyone's individual desire to win. It's tapping into everyone's internal drive. It's tapping into that which in each person wants to be significant, wants to be successful, wants to have the best of the best in their lives. And that's what Orange Energy is all about. And I'll explain that to you, like I said, a little bit. But a little bit about me. I was born in the Northeast, just outside of Boston, Massachusetts, just north of there. And I've been somewhat of a serial entrepreneur ever since I can remember. My mother put me out on the streets delivering the, the Boston Globe from the time that I was just eight years old. And Boston Globe was delivered 365 days a year, seven days a week. And it didn't matter whether it rained, didn't matter what snow, didn't matter it was lightning, didn't matter it was hot as heck. We got up at four o'clock in the morning, me and my brother, and we delivered newspapers every single day. And it, one of the things that got me excited about that is that it gave me a great sense of the value of a dollar. It also taught me if you want things, you have to hustle. You have to work hard for it. You have to get up early. You got to go and you got to, you know, you got to put in the time to get what you want. And that's why I'm so fascinated with what we call the orange energy, the orange crushing it mode. Because everything that you want requires a little effort. Not a little bit of effort. It requires a little bit of effort. Actually, it requires a little bit of effort consistently. That's really the best way to say it. A little bit of effort consistently, consistently over and over and over again. And other than just delivering newspapers, I was just a, a bit of a workaholic. If there was an opportunity to make money, whether I was delivering, I don't know, selling candy or selling tickets to a show because I made a commission on it, or whether I worked in a pizza hut or the pizza store, or I stocked shoes in a shoe mill, one of the converted old, old textile mills up in Lowell, Massachusetts, were converted into either luxury homes or these warehouses, and I worked in one of the warehouses for a shoe company, and it was cold and there were rats on the floor and whatever, but we got paid pretty well. And as a result, I was able to buy my own bikes, my own cars, and put myself through college. And again, I learned early on, if you want something, it's up to me to get it done. And as I started college and I just finished high school, again, my parents had a real a fairly strict discipline with me that I was to get good grades in school and I was to work hard. And so both of those things kind of went hand in hand until I went to college. And then it was kind of a free for all. <laughs> I can't say I was a, the optimum college student. But anyways, I was there and I met a girl that I actually ended up marrying and having a couple of kids and very early age, you know, I was early in my 20s. And I still had this workaholic mentality and I still had this drive for significance and this drive for 
making money. And unfortunately, I put that drive ahead of the drive for being the best parent in the world, best dad in the world. And I didn't spend as much time with my kids as I really should have or would have liked to have. And as a result, my wife at the time and I divorced. And so I became, you know, the weekend dad and the guy that was, you know, watching my kids at an early age. And that was tough. And it really tapped into me as to what really is important. It made me realize and kind of wake up what's most important in your life. And, but I still had this attitude a bit, you know, I was a kind of cocky guy, grew up, you know, in a blue collar city. And I remember when I was in my 20s, I had started a new company with a woman named Beth and her last name is Lewis and my last name is Clark. So we started this company called Lewis and Clark and the company bought and sold used capital equipment in the electronic space. So anything was used in a factory, we would go in and buy up all the factory gear and we would broker it and sell it to somebody else. And it was a good business. I mean, I made my first million dollars when I was 26 years old selling this type of equipment. And so I had some early success in my life. And I remember Beth telling me, I was right around 30 years old. She said, you know what? You need some personal development. You need to go to one of these personal development seminars because she had just done one. And the seminar was called Insight. It was a company based out of Santa Monica, California. And you know, nobody likes to be told you have to do this, especially when it's personal development. Like, I'm not going to one of these things. People just sit around and cry all the time. And, you know, they're, getting, they're messed up. I'm not messed up. I got a great life. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, she convinces me to go. So I go to the seminar and I remember day one, this facilitator was a great guy. His name is Joey Hubbard. And Joey said to the group, and I swear, even though there was about a couple hundred people in the room, he was looking right at me because this message was for me. And that message was, you know, 99% a bitch. Do it 100% or don't do it at all. And I remember that. And the seminar went Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, all day Saturday, all day Sunday, and Monday night. So Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, I'm listening to all these people get on the microphone and share, and they're crying. And I'm like, I really wasn't the sensitive guy that I am now. I really was a little bit of a prick. I, I gotta say, you know, I was kind of like, Man, I'm not that sensitive. Uh, well, you, this is exactly what I thought it was going to be. Everybody's crying. Everybody's, you know, sharing their thoughts. And that's not what I came here for. I want to learn about business, right? Let's learn more about business. And then Saturday, Joey looks me square in the eye and he goes, hey, Frank, you want to share today? Because 99% is a bitch. And man, I got up there and started sharing. I started talking and I had literally a breakthrough. I was so vulnerable and, you know, things just kind of collided in on me. All the things that were troubling me in my life and all the things that I thought I had my life together on kind of came together. And I had a moment where I really connected with the room. And being vulnerable, I learned was a strength. And being able to expose yourself and just be raw was a real strength. And I didn't put the two and two together. I always thought that to win, to be driven, and to be passionate meant that you could not be vulnerable on any level. You could not ask for help on any level. You could not show weakness on any level. And that's not true. You know, to be that energy, that crushing it drive, at some point you have to learn. You have to humble yourself and sit back and go, this is what life is all about. And I'm willing and I'm open to learning. And I got a taste of that. So much so that I loved and fell in love with personal development. And in 1997, I went to my very first personal development seminar with a guy named Tony Robbins and walked on fire in Denver, Colorado. And I was hooked. I was hooked on the science of neuro-linguistic programming, the science of communication, mostly nonverbal. You know, the way people stand and the pitch that they use and the tone that they use and the words that they use 
not necessarily the words themselves, but the the inflection that they have or their body language or how they dress or you know their tonality or whether they're a kinesthetic person or whether they seem to be more visual. All of these things were fascinating to me because I was always in sales. Everything I ever did, selling newspapers, selling candy, selling tickets, uh, selling pizza, whatever, was always about influencing people and trying to get them to do really what they wanted to do anyways, which was to buy. So uh, again, I'm fascinated with this whole science of sales and the science of communication. So I, more and more I get involved in it. I start doing you know, Tony Robbins seminars and Zig Ziglar seminars and Brian Tracy seminars. And I listened to General Schwarzkopf speak and anybody that I could get my head around to listen, to learn, I did. And I spent many, many years. I then took my companies. I've owned since 1986. I've owned six different companies, all fairly much in the electronic space. And I ran them with this mentality that I had learned in personal development. And we evolved into a situation where, uh, you know, our companies were doing really, really well. And we were creating, you know, fantastic employees. And I learned also at that time that in order for me to be successful and for order for you to be successful, you have to make other people successful. Your success is directly proportional to the amount of other people's success you can make. The more you can contribute, the more you can give back to people, the greater you're going to be. And that is also part of this orange energy. And again, how did, so how did I become Mr. Orange? Well, in uh, December of 2017, uh, let me step back. Actually, it was January of 2017. My daughter, who is also very much into personal development and very successful, she called me and said, hey, dad, let's do something together this year. And so we had decided that we were going to do this seminar that Tony Robbins teaches. It's called Date with Destiny. And it's a phenomenal seminar. It's probably one of the best ones that he offers. And so the seminar was in December. Now we're talking about this in January. We decide, we register for the seminar and we go. And in the seminar, Tony talks about this science called spiral dynamics. I had never heard of this before in my life. And what spiral dynamics was about the science of the levels of consciousness. And it was pretty much formalized in the 70s by a couple of professors, Claire Graves and Don Beck. And anyways, these guys figured out that there are eight levels of consciousness that at some point in our lives we may have lived in, we may still primarily live in, or that we've experienced in some fashion. And as you transcend through these levels of consciousness, you become more outward focused. You become more worldly focused. You become more of a contributor and a giver with less emphasis on your own significance and less emphasis on your own rewards, if you will. You get personal satisfaction out of helping other people as you transcend through these things. Well, each one of these levels has a number and a color associated to it. And so Tony explains all the, you know, this is what a purple and this is what a red does and a green and an orange. And he's explaining all these colors. When he gets to orange, he says, people that are orange are driven. They are about winning. They are about breaking the rules a little bit. They are about profits. They are about making money. They are about, you know, somewhat capitalist, if you will. Okay. They're scientific. They need facts to back things up. And again, they may break the rules a little bit. They set rules. They test things. They are thrill seekers and overachievers. And I'm like sitting in my chair going, man, that's me. That's me. I can relate with that. And he talks about, you know, how some of the other colors don't really care about making money. They might be yogis or they might be Reiki healers and it's all about the art and let me put my hands on you and heal you <laughs> and not charge anything for it. I'm like, screw that. That ain't me. 
<laughs> or he's talking about, you know, people that might be an influence in the blue color, level four. And those people are very rules-based. I mean, if you grew up in a military family, you know, you have certain rules and structure. Or if you grew up in a very religious family, you have, you know, you have the Bible, you have the Quran, you have, you know, you have different scripture that's written and your entire life is based around living to those rules. That's something that a blue person is like, well, you know, I'm not kind of that guy. I tend to, you know, maybe bend the rules a little bit, break, you know, find a loophole if you can. Maybe, you know, we create the rules, right? We're achievers. We're the people that write the rules. We're the people that create industries. And so I really related with this. And anyways, we get a chance. Tony picked people in the room that would embrace that particular color and represent it in the room and defend it. So I got a chance to defend why orange was the best color and why everybody should be orange and everybody should love it. And it was fun. There were 5,000 people in that room from 80 different countries. And I <laughs> I guess I resonated with a lot of the people in that room because they they liked what I had to say. I was you know, humorous and it was spontaneous. And as a result, I became Mr. Orange. And fast forward to that, I then went to a couple other Tony events and people spotted me in the crowd and were like, hey, that's you're, you're the orange guy. And I, I got to actually represent the orange level again at another date with Destiny. And so 10,000 people and then 20,000 people. And so, so many people started to understand the orange energy and I have a passion about it. So a couple of years ago, I created the Orange Crushing It movement, if you will, and wanted to just explore this possibility of finding people that are also in that same space, people that want to win and people that want to win by helping other people win, but also profit and also have some level of significance. And it's okay. You know, we get a nice car, we get a nice boat, we show it off a little bit, <laughs> right? But really, at the end of the game, it's about helping other people get what they want, you know? And throughout my life, I've always believed also that other than 99% a bitch and to get what you want, right? We create, promote, or allow every single thing that's in our life. Let me say that again. We create, promote, or allow every single thing that's in our life. So never feel like a victim. You know, never feel like, you know, the world is crashing down on me, even though there have been times when you run multiple companies or when you've been married and divorced a few times, you know, you will experience devastation. You will experience grief and you can sit back and be the victim or you can understand and say that, look, life is happening for me, not to me. And I create, promote, or allow everything in my life. So I am never a victim. I am a person who will manifest over this. When there's grief in my life, I'll go through the phases of grief. I'll be sad. I'll be pissed. I'll be apathetic. I'll be back to sad again. But then eventually I'm going to get to resolve. And when I get to resolve, that's when I'm going to move forward. And I've learned how to get there faster. You know, I've had circumstances in my life. I, you know, was married almost 20 years. My last marriage, almost 20 years. It was beautiful. Ended kind of abruptly to me. I was very surprised when this happened. But thank God, I was already in this personal development space. And I was doing this Mr. Orange kind of stuff. And I had a big support group. So a lot of people I knew, a lot of people supported me. But it doesn't make divorce any easier. You know, it doesn't make a 20-year relationship end that easier. It doesn't. But again, when you get into resolve and you get into the point where you can fix things or you can get into the point where you can really just realize what's going on in your world and take stock of who you are. Another important point that I love is that in our lives, we have events that happen. Events. Now, everybody has an event that happens to them, and it's always in the past. But what we do with every single event in our life, we attach a meaning to it. For example, you know, I'm six years old, I'm going to first grade, and 
I'm new in this school and I see this cute little girl and I go to sit next to her and that's the event. I'm going to school. I meet this little girl and she doesn't want to sit next to me and she makes fun of me because of my hair. And so I think they either, so that's the event, right? I got a girl making fun of me and the meaning is all girls are mean or my hair is bad. My hair will always be bad. So now I get this like paranoia about my hair. <laughs> I don't know. You know, fast forward, now you're 10 years old, right? 11 years old, and you have a birthday party, and you invite some kids to come to your birthday, and this one girl you kind of have a little crush on, or maybe this girl who's a little friend, or a guy who's a little friend, right? And you invite them to the party, and they don't come. That's the event. What meaning do I put to that event? Well, that I'm not good enough, maybe, or that I didn't have a nice enough house, or I didn't throw enough fun in enough party, or I wasn't outgoing enough. We attach all these meanings to events in our lives. And as we create events that kind of look like the past event, we have the chance on any given day to change the meaning. We have the chance to say, I'm not going to continue with this kind of thinking. I'm going to act differently. I'm going to get myself into a positive state. I'm going to tell myself positive things. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to feel good. I'm going to recreate moments in my life when I was absolutely positively unstoppable and on fire. That's orange energy. That's orange crushing it. And to get into that place, to change the meaning of things that happen in your life, because the meaning, whatever you attach a meaning to, you attach energy to. And whatever you put energy to becomes your reality. It becomes your life. It becomes your destiny. And Orange Crushing It, this podcast and this group of people that I'm putting together is all about changing that paradigm, if you will, changing the system and changing to get the most out of everything, the most joy you can get, the most gratitude you can get. And I hope you listen and I hope that the, you, know, you find something every single week that's inspiring. And please let me know as we move forward on this broadcast. One of the things I can guarantee you is I will be bringing on here a lot of my friends who are C-level people at major corporations, friends of mine who are CEOs and sales managers and marketing geniuses, people that work in corporate cultures, people that are athletes that know how to succeed, people that have had situations in their life that, you know, for some would be devastating. And they were devastating. This situation we're going through right now with the coronavirus is, is somewhat devastating, right? It all depends. This is the event, coronavirus. We're all going through it at the same time. Doesn't matter whether you're a billionaire or whether you're listening and you're in Section 8 housing. We are all equal right now. We are all quarantined. We are all having limitations as to what we can buy, where we can go, who we can see, how we can manage our life. That's our event. Now, what meaning are we going to put to this event? Are we going to put together a meaning? It says, I will succeed. I will start something new. I will create the greatest business ever. I will tap into the online space because everybody's buying everything online. Whatever it is for you, I'll learn a new language. I'll learn how to be a better parent. I'll get my body in optimum shape. Whatever it is, let's tap into it. That's orange energy. That's orange crushing it. And as I said, moving forward, I'm going to bring people onto the show. I'm going to interview them that inspire you, that will invite you to test yourself, that will challenge you and will bring out hopefully the best in you each time and give you a point of reference that you can do anything you put your mind to. Just change the meaning and life will be amazing. Again, I want to thank you for listening to me. Again, my name is Frank Clark. This is Orange Crushing It. You guys are <laughs> part of my very first episode. So I hope you enjoyed the broadcast. Please, if you get a chance, you know, sign up, register, subscribe, recommend it, share it with your friends, write me a review, you know, tell me how great this thing is. <laughs> you liked it and you, enjoyed, you got something out of it. And seriously, enjoy the rest of your day. Make your life 
you know, memorable, make it meaningful and stay inspiring. Have an awesome afternoon or an awesome morning, wherever you're at in the world. Have a great day. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Orange Crushing It. Hope you're fired up to take on your week with unstoppable energy. Hey, if you like the broadcast, please subscribe. Share it with your best buds and please write a badass review. You can reach me at themrorange.com. Stay inspiring, y'all.